Welcome, Guardians, to Telesto Massive Breakdowns. This week on the show, your world is the flicker before the paroxysm of my glory. What you call life is merely the calm between explosions. The Vanguard, Sabathun, The Witness, The Nine, Pete Parsons. What are they before the might of Telesto? Now, let my true strength empower all who would wield my form. Let the age of Telesto begin. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Uh, we had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you this fine week? Welcome back to Destiny Massive Breakdowns, not Telesto Massive Breakdowns, as some would have you believe. So we are we are back with another episode, episode 283, and I'm uh, I'm riding solo this week here. Um, so we are going to be diving into aim assist, accuracy, and airborne effectiveness, because I felt like it's been a while since those topics have gotten some attention and some love. Uh, these are topics near and dear to the hearts of uh, all uh, involved with Destiny Massive Breakdowns. So one of the first topics ever discussed, actually the first topic ever discussed on the show was aim assist. So really kind of feeling uh, feeling like it's a good topic to come back to as, as we periodically do. Uh, and since the last time it was addressed, we've had some additional learning and some additional clarification on a number of systems. So I'm gonna gonna do what I can here to try to break down and clarify how those core systems work in the game and, and hopefully provide a resource that'll be useful to Guardians for years to come in terms of how these systems work and, and a baseline uh, kind of you know core functionality uh, explanation. Uh, for these very important systems. Uh, before we get into all of that, uh, we do have some thank yous to say. Um, we do, perhaps I perhaps I should introduce myself. My name is Telesto. I mean, excuse me. My name is, is Kit Kutcha. I'll be your, your guide on today's journey deep into the mysteries of uh, Telesto 2, Destiny 2. Boy, this is going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one to get through. Uh, lots of silliness happening this week in the world of Guardians, uh, and it's it has definitely infected us here at Destiny Massive Breakdown. So uh, I hope that you are ready to come along for the ride with me. All right, uh, without further ado, I want to go ahead and throw some shout-outs. We've got a bunch of new Guardians joining the patron train this week. Lots of hype there. Love to see it. Thank you for the support. To uh, new patrons pledging for the first time, Corey, welcome to the crew. Clegmere, thank you so much for your support. Dirty Disc, thank you for your pledge. The Lurch, appreciate you. Glad to see you active in Discord there. Uh, Jay Kais, thank you for your support. Shiriyama, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And Aiden, thank you for your pledge. Uh, thank you to all of our ongoing patrons for your generous support over the, the many years that this show has been going on over the past year as Podcast versus Enemies has risen to prominence, has really come into its own, coming, you know, up from up from nothing, from being a brand new show in January 
to getting a Bungie developer interview before the end of its first year on the air. That's truly phenomenal. Just incredibly impressed with how that show has progressed, with how Court and Impetus and St. Kabir have handled themselves and have conducted uh, just a really, really high quality experience uh, and, and created all kinds of useful guides to content in Destiny 2 on the PvE side. So I'm really, really proud of, uh, of how that's gone. Uh, thank you, of course, for your indulgence, dear patrons, in, uh, in Mercules and I's uh, venture into the Star Wars universe with Beneath Twin Suns. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of an occasional show, sort of a when convenient. We release very consistently, uh, consistently when we both happen to be off on a Sunday. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, it's a ton of fun uh, getting to just kind of rant about Star Wars, share our, our love for the franchise, our, our hot takes, and our, our, uh, our enjoyment of all things Star Wars. So thank you for your support. Uh, special shout out to the following patrons. Uh, we call these patrons sponsors because they have given uh, truly incredibly generously on a level that um, really can't be exaggerated. Uh, so thank you so much to the Shazzle, Starscream, Deacon, Sylve, Askey and Monk, Impetus, Black Hammer Tech, Binary Wolf, and Zen SoCal. And thank you also to all past sponsors. Um, we've had a number of Guardians who've sponsored uh, over various periods of time over the last few years. And I just, I deeply appreciate the, and anyone who's willing to to support the show on that level is is has already so far exceeded anything I could have hoped um, that I, I almost, I mean, I literally don't have the words. So just, just thanks. That's all I can say. Uh, anyone who supports at all has really exceeded what I expected <laughs> for this show. So thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we don't have any reviews to share this week. Um, but do uh, do remember that if you happen to drop a five-star review, we'll read that out on the air. Within reason. Within reason, Guardians. But we will we will read that out on the air. So go ahead and do that. Apple Podcast is the best place to do that. That's still where we get most of our listens from. If you leave it somewhere else, shoot me a DM on Twitter or on Discord with a screenshot of your review, and I will still read it out on the air. I, I just, I don't have a way to aggregate those, so I may not see it if you don't send it to me. Okay, all that said and done, uh, let's dive into what we're going to be talking about today. So I've, I've already kind of given you the preview. Uh, we've got a bunch of different stuff that I want to get into. Accuracy, aim assist, airborne effectiveness, these are these are very important systems for Guardians to understand um, because they deeply affect your experience when you're firing weapons in the game, which of course, you know, is your main means of interacting with the game world in Destiny 2, right? It's it's a first-person shooter first. Uh, it's a looter kind of in addition to that. But in terms of how you get that loot, you get it by firing weapons for the most part. So, you know, so it's, it's really important to understand, you know, when a shot hits or when it doesn't hit, when that shot uh, crits or doesn't crit. Um, these systems decide why that happens, why it doesn't happen. So I really want to make sure that uh, that everybody out there kind of has a has a baseline comprehension of how they work. So we're going to start off by talking about one of the simplest of these systems, accuracy. We're going to dive into that first. Uh, in the middle part of the show, we're going to dive into aim assist, by far the most complicated of these systems. I'll do my best to make it simple and clear. And at the end of the show, we'll talk uh, about airborne effectiveness, which, which actually seems complicated on the face of it. I think it confuses a lot of people. 
Um, but ultimately, it's it's really pretty simple. It's not adding that much. It's essentially modifying these existing systems. So it's it's not not really changing anything per se. Um, so we'll talk about that last. And uh, and that's what you've got to look forward to here. All right, come along with me. All right, first up, we have accuracy. Uh, so in the past, talking about this, um, both both here on Destiny Massive Breakdowns and other places, this has been referred to as error angle or the accuracy cone. Cones, of course, are a, a bit of a meme in the Destiny community. There are all kinds of cones going on behind the scenes in Destiny that you can't see as a player. But uh, the accuracy cone is one of the most well-known of these cones. It decides where your bullet goes. It is essentially a substat of range. So on most weapons, uh, your range uh, has a great deal of effect on the accuracy cone. And uh, bows, of course, have an accuracy stat directly on the bow. They don't have a range stat per se. So, um, But accuracy is essentially kind of a sub-function of range uh, for the most part. Uh, essentially, the higher the stat, the narrower the cone. Now, all weapons have sort of a base cone angle that is unique to that weapon type and often that subtype within the weapon class. For example, your precision hand cannons will have a different base angle than your high-impact hand cannons, but they'll be pretty close to each other. And contrary-wise, they'll be very different from, say, a sniper rifle's cone angle. And a lot of this has to do with the uh, the range stat governing um, that angle. Um, and then behind the scenes, between different weapon types, there are different core, like, base angles um, that we have to work with. And we'll talk a little bit about a specific example from a fairly recent interview, interview from earlier this year with Mercules from the weapons team at Bungie and, of course, formerly uh, of this show. Now, the accuracy cone itself is technically infinite, right? It goes on until it impacts something that it can't go past. Technically speaking, it probably even goes through that, but, of course, you're shot. Uh, will be stopped when it hits an object, you know, assuming that things are working as intended. Uh, now, that said, beyond a certain distance, your shot may despawn. Um, this is very easy to see on shotguns, on other very short-range weapons like SMGs and sidearms. If you're attempting to shoot somebody at 80 meters with an SMG, you're not ever going to hit them. Uh, and that's, you know, as it should be. So th that's, I think, important to know, though. Um, that the accuracy cone essentially goes on forever. And because it's a cone, bear in mind, it's governed, it's its diameter, the size of the circle at the end of that cone, is governed by the angle. So if it's a very, very tight angle, a very small angle, then that cone will remain small, even at a very great distance. This is exhibited on sniper rifles, whose accuracy cones are essentially straight lines uh, out to extreme, extreme ranges. Most weapons don't have an accuracy cone quite that tight. So at a certain point, the cone will be larger than any given target that you might be shooting at, for example, another Guardian. Now, what's happening with this cone is that this cone is the area in which your bullet can fire. And the exact angle at which your bullet fires out of your gun is not necessarily a straight line. It is, in fact, a random line drawn from the end of your gun to the target guardian that falls within this cone and it is generated randomly. I'm going to say that again. The Your shot does not travel in a perfectly straight line. It travels 
along a random line selected within the accuracy cone between the end of your gun and the target that you're firing at, typically another guardian or an enemy in the game uh, if you're playing PvE. And that shot, again, is random. All right, so aim assist is not controlling where that shot happens. Aim assist happens before the shot fires. So this is all happening very, very quickly. From the time you pull the trigger to the time that shot fires, aim assist kicks in, accuracy kicks in, and then your shot goes off wherever it's going to go. So accuracy, that, that cone, is determining where your bullet's going to end up. Now, if the cone is smaller than the target, your shot's going to hit that target, right? Assuming that you've got the cone on the target, right? Which is very important. You still have to be able to aim. It's not totally RNG, right? It's There's still that cone constraining the randomness to a specific area. Now, it's also important to note that because the cone defines the total area in which your shot can travel. So your shot cannot leave that cone by definition because that cone is the space in which your shot can be fired. Uh, now, the accuracy cone also has a, a predetermined maximum size that it can reach. Uh, this is uh, sometimes referred to as final accuracy. It's essentially the least accurate that your weapon can get, and you can get to that point by firing the weapon repeatedly uh, in, in quick succession. Uh, so it's easiest to get to this with, say, an auto rifle or an SMG where you can very easily fire a lot of shots very quickly. A little harder to do on slower firing weapons like hand cannons uh, where you might be more likely to pace your shots out, perhaps not be firing at the full maximum rate of fire. Uh, and, of course, you know, you'll have to account for, you know, perks and subclass abilities, etc., etc., that might be altering your rate of fire. Dynamic sway reduction is a big one that alters the accuracy of the weapon, actually uh, allowing it to become more accurate as you fire rather than less. Uh, so uh, you'll have to kind of bear that in mind. If you're trying to experiment with this, you've got to take a look at what is on the weapon before you start doing an experiment and drawing conclusions. All right, so as you fire, uh, your accuracy gets worse. The cone gets bigger. The area in which your shot will be randomly fired grows uh, and eventually perhaps becomes larger than the target, leading to some shots uh, doing what's commonly known as ghosting. Ghost bullets used to be a big thing on, uh, on hand cannons at one point in deep in the history of Destiny. Um, so bloom is, is another term that is often used to refer to this phenomenon of the weapon becoming less accurate as you fire rapidly. Um, but essentially what, what is happening is the angle of the cone is growing as you fire, and thus the diameter when that cone intersects a target is larger, the area in which the shot can travel is larger, and therefore the shot will be more random. Now, it's important to, to make note here when you're looking at perks to kind of combat this. Uh, only a perk that if um, affects the growth of the accuracy cone is going to reduce the effects of cone growth or bloom, as you might more easily uh, refer to it. So dynamic sway reduction is kind of the, the really big example out there as you, when you, because as you continuously fire the weapon, the accuracy cone shrinks. So that's kind of the biggest one to keep in mind. A lot of other perks will affect your base cone size, but don't necessarily slow the growth of the accuracy cone as you fire. Uh, so Eye of the Storm is one that will increase the accuracy of your weapon when your health is reduced. 
This reduces the, the base cone size, but does not slow the growth of the cone. So continuously firing will still make you less accurate. Taking damage, you still may end up being slightly more accurate uh, than you were, of course. It's still a great perk, um, but it's just, you know, that's kind of the difference between how those perks work. They're not doing the same thing. And so it's important to read carefully and also to to do some experimentation and to consult your, your local destiny scientist uh, in terms of which perks are doing what, because it's not always immediately clear from the text. Uh, now, decreasing the base cone size also does not decrease the maximum cone size, right? So improving your initial accuracy, in other words, does not necessarily improve your final accuracy. These are two different uh, variables, they can be affected separately and typically are affected separately. Uh, so most perks that affect accuracy will improve the initial accuracy of the weapon. However, you know, especially again for auto fire weapons, if you are firing very quickly, emptying the weapon into one guardian, holding it down, swinging to another, uh, sweet business, I'm looking at you, the, uh, the maximum cone size is still you know, quite large. Uh, so your maximum cone size is not improved by effects that simply improve the initial accuracy of the weapon. Um, that said, there are, I think there are some, some perks out there that can affect the maximum accuracy. We're not going to do a full listing of all perks that affect accuracy and aim assist on this episode and in terms of exactly what they do. That's a very, very long list, perhaps ripe for, for another conversation. Um, but that's, uh, that's where we're going to leave it right here for accuracy. Uh, I hope that anyone out there who has questions on this will feel free to reach out to me on Discord or on Twitter. Because um, this this is one of the more confusing aspects, I think. it's it's. I feel like it should be really straightforward, right? It's a cone. Your shot goes randomly inside that cone. The cone extends straight out from the end of your gun unless it's affected by aim assist. That's another key point. We're going to talk about aim assist in just a couple of minutes here. Um, but typically speaking, if you're just firing at a wall, for example, the accuracy cone extends straight out the end of your gun and your shot just fires randomly in a line inside that cone. So that's that's kind of the sum up. I hope that makes sense. And uh, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into aim assist. And aim assist is a big one. There is a lot going on in aim assist, so much to cover um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've got it broken up into some sections here. We're going to go through and talk about each of them. Um, but before we do that, I, I'm being told that we have a word from our sponsors. So that's, I, let's do it. I guess, it, and, and now a word from our sponsors. Telesto Massive Breakdowns is brought to you by Honey Nut Telestos. Now with a better taste and a bigger crunch that the whole family loves a bunch. Nobody can say no to Honey Nut Telesto's attention, contacting Destiny servers. Okay, uh, welcome back to the show. That was that was the thing that happened. Uh, and now we're back and we're ready to talk about aim assist. So aim assist is a set of systems in the game which help you to land your shots. Shots that would otherwise be quite difficult to land. Uh, especially in a in what has become a very fast-moving uh, shooter. Um, there's a lot of, of very rapid movement that has been added over the years, a lot of 
uh, complicated and advanced and technical movement abilities that have been added to the game, despite complaints that people might have about things like airborne effectiveness. Uh, the movement in the game is still quite good. There's a lot that you can do uh, to outmaneuver people. So uh, aim assist is really, really important if you want to be able to track those people and land your shots, because as we've discovered with airborne effectiveness, most of us uh, have trouble landing shots in the air without the help of aim assist. Um, and I think that's, you know, people can get mad at me for saying that, but it's 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 just the truth. Most of us cannot consistently land shots, much less much less headshots in the air without some aim assist helping us out. So uh, let's talk about how it works. All right, so aim assist does have its own investment stat, um, which is on every weapon, which is affected by all kinds of, of mods, a weapon mod, uh, armor mods, and all kinds of armor effects and subclass ability effects at times. And there's there are a load of effects that can alter your aim assist, typically for the better. And of course, you know, just the weapon stat itself is, uh, is uh, always a big one to take a look at and, and to be aware of. Uh, so there are two main parts of aim assist. The first one is uh, what's referred to internally at Bungie as auto aim. Some people think of this as bullet bending, although I, I think it's important to note that the aim assist doesn't actually, you know, bend the path of your shots. Your shots always travel in a straight line unless they're a projectile that has drops, such as, say, a, an arrow from a bow that is not fired at full draw will have a projectile drop. But for the most part, most weapons fire in, in perfectly straight lines with no curve. And regardless, aim assist doesn't apply a curve to the shot. So I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of bullet bend as a term. So we're going to go with auto aim. Uh, and what auto aim is doing is it's sort of what it says on the tin. It's aiming for you automatically. Now it's not turning your character or turning your weapon, but it is turning your accuracy cone. It's angling it toward the target that it thinks you're trying to follow or the, the nearest target. Uh, now, there is a limit to how far it can do this, and that's because aim assist also has a cone. The aim assist cone is typically much larger than the accuracy cone, and it will pull your accuracy cone toward any target that falls within that aim assist cone, and it will attempt to center the accuracy cone on the target for you. Now, we're going to talk about the precision aim cone, which is a subsystem of this aim assist cone uh, in a little bit. We'll come back to that. In most cases, if your aim assist is on the head, it's going to pull it toward the head and help you get a headshot. If the aim assist cone is only on the body, it'll pull it toward the body. In a lot of cases, the precision aim cone is the same size as the aim assist cone. Not in all cases. It gets very complicated. We're not going to break down all of the exceptions here. I want to just focus on the core functionality of the system. Make sure that you have a good understanding of how this is working right now in Destiny 2. And so essentially what the aim assist cone is doing, like I said, it is pulling the center of your accuracy cone toward a target uh, in as optimal a way as, as the game can, can do. Uh, and so what it's going to do is it's going to give you the best chance of landing a shot that it can. It's going to attempt to give your accuracy cone the largest possible overlap with a guardian's 
body, what a lot of people like to think of as the hitbox, and I suppose that's a, as good a term as any. Now, if you're already aimed at the target, uh, then it's going to probably prioritize hitting the critical hit spot on that target. You know, typically the head, obviously with Vex, that, that warm gooey center. Um, if it's not, then it'll probably take you to center mass, center it over the body of the target, give you the best chance to land a shot. Uh, now, again, this retargeting is limited by the size of the aim assist cone. Aim assist cones have angles. These angles can change. Uh, they can be affected by a number of perks and other systems in the game. And so that's that's important to be aware of. Now, assuming that you know there aren't any targets in front of you, the aim assist cone does nothing for you. There's nothing to pull your accuracy cone toward, so you just shoot directly ahead of you, you know, in, in a straight line within that accuracy cone. Uh, now, aim assist also has fall off, so its effectiveness reduces over distance in the same way that your damage will reduce over distance. And for primary weapons, at least, the aim assist fall off distance and the damage drop off maximum distance are the same. So what that means is that at the point where your shot from your primary does minimum damage, the lowest number that it will do, where it stops going down based on distance, that's also where your aim assist completely stops working. Uh, and this is now true for all primaries. It didn't used to be true for sidearms, but they recently got a buff, as some people might have heard. And so now, now it's true for all primaries, which is great. I personally am happy uh, because it makes it a lot easier to understand. One less exception to keep track of. And of course, I, I do happen to love sidearms. So there's also that going for it. Uh, okay, what's up next here with aim assist? Uh, so aim assist... Again, this is pointing the accuracy cone. So that shot still fires randomly. That's important to take note of. If your accuracy cone is huge because you're really far away or because you've been firing continuously, you can still miss. Even though aim assist might center the cone directly on the target for you, you can still miss if your accuracy cone is bigger than the target. And that's, I think, really, really important to note. It's just pointing the cone in the right direction. Uh, you know, the rest is sort of up to you to be within the effective distance, to be perhaps pacing your shots, if that's something you need to do with the weapon that you're using. Uh, and then it's up to up to random chance. So that's more or less, I think, everything that you need to know about the aim assist cone itself. Now, I mentioned before, there is a bit of a subsystem with the aim assist cone, and this is the precision aim cone. Uh, it has its own cone angle. It's actually a another cone that's overlapping the aim assist cone. So it's got its own unique angle, which can be modified independently. This is custom tuned on a number of weapons. You know, for example, the last words hip fire uh, gives it a higher precision cone angle, which makes it possible to land crits while hip firing with the last word, something that is extremely difficult to do with most weapons. Uh, so what the precision cone is doing is it's determining if your shot is going to be a critical hit or a body shot. So in instances where the critical or the, the precision aim cone is smaller than the uh, main aim assist cone, the game is going to check separately to see if the precision aim cone is over the crit. And if it is, then it's going to pull your shot toward the critical hit spot on the target that you're shooting at. Again, typically the head, right? For another guardian, for fallen, uh, for cabal, uh, and the warm gooey center for the Vex. 
Uh, so essentially, it's just a, a kind of a kind of a quick check. Can this shot be a critical hit? Is it possible that you could score a critical hit and get that critical damage? Um, and essentially, th- there's stuff going on behind the scenes with how this works. That's a black box at this point in time for the Destiny Sands community. We just we just don't have enough information to know exactly how it works. There are there are really like no concrete methods of testing this in detail. There's no real concrete information that we have to work backwards from, uh, aside from the information that has been given to us in patch notes. Uh, and so we can make some some reasonable guesses about how it works, but we can't really we can't really know for sure what's going on behind the scenes. Is does it have its own stat? Is it just an angle that's recorded in the database for this weapon? We don't really know. So that said, we do know that there are weapons that essentially have no precision aim cone, and, and there are instances where some weapons have no precision aim cone. They're just not eligible for critical hits. Fusion rifles, for example, are a great, a great one to look at, right? They, they always deal the same damage. There is no crit on a fusion rifle. You just deal the damage that you do. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the prime one to look at, like, right? Like that precision aim cone there is zero. It has no cone. It doesn't exist. So kind of from, from that point on up, it varies between weapon types. Um, it's, it's not something that is present in the API. There's really no way to know exactly what it is on any given weapon, except where Bungie has specifically told us in example, for, you know, like the last word where they've given us specific information on it, having a larger precision aim cone when hip firing. So we can say from that reasonably that in most cases when hip firing, the precision aim cone is very small compared to the regular aim assist cone. The last word gets a bump. Uh, weapons with you know the hip fire grip perk might get a bump. Not as big as the last word perhaps, but, uh, but you get the idea. All right, so that's precision aim. Uh, now this is also affected very strongly by airborne effectiveness which we'll get into in a little bit. Airborne effectiveness does make it a lot harder to hit precision shots in the air. And some of that is just the raw reduction, of course, in the aim assist cone. Your total aim assist is smaller, so any precision aim cone within that aim assist cone is going to also typically be smaller as a result. Okay, let's move on into subjects that we do know a few more things about. Uh, Let's talk about the other piece of aim assist. All right, so the cone we've talked about, that is something that's present on both uh, mouse and keyboard and controller inputs. So all inputs will have that aim assist cone. They're they're both affected by it. Uh, We do want to note that mouse and keyboard players have a 10 to 20% scalar on aim assist in their favor for the cone. Uh, So it varies by weapon type. We don't have exact numbers per weapon type. Um, but when you're playing with mouse and keyboard, uh, your aim assist is 10 to 20% stronger in terms of the auto aim feature. It is pulling your accuracy cone toward the target 10 to 20% more effectively than it is on controller. So that's a that's a key difference to note here. And I mention this because the other part of aim assist is something that only controller players get. Mouse and keyboard players don't get it in no small part because it would make the game very difficult to play with the mouse. And that is reticle friction. So reticle friction is essentially a subsystem 
that sticks your reticle onto targets. And it makes it easier to track and follow those targets as they move across your screen. So you'll notice this in the game when somebody runs across your screen and your reticle is pulled to one side following them. A lot of times this can be annoying um, when you notice it because you were trying to aim it at one player and somebody else ran across the screen, pulled you off aim, and you end up missing both of them because you're still fighting to aim at the first player, not tracking the second, but the game is trying to track the second. Uh, and So that can be that can be a frustrating moment. But 99% of the time, this is helping you a ton. It's making it much, much easier to stay on target. Uh, in fact, I would go so far as to say that the game is very nearly unplayable without reticle friction for controller players. Uh, and one great way to take note of this is to go to Europa and find those little flying Clovis spray drones that are zooming around scanning stuff and try to shoot those. There's no reticle friction. There's no aim assist. So it's it's fairly difficult to do, you know, for, for most people because it, especially on controller, it becomes extremely hard. And that is the power of aim assist demonstrated for you right there. Uh, now, we don't know exactly, you know, the, the exact metrics in terms of like how strong it gets or even really how to measure how strong it gets. But we do know that the radius in which this effect is active and the strength of the tracking effect are scaled up by the aim assist stat. So as aim assist gets higher, reticle friction gets stronger and will grab onto targets from further away. Uh, so it that's something that we do know for sure, and it it is obviously, like I said, very, very useful for controller players. Okay, let's talk about a couple of other features of aim assist that are important to know about. Uh, some things that can reduce the effectiveness of aim assist as you're playing a game. Things that you can work around or that at the very least you should be aware of. So aim assist, uh, just like accuracy, degrades while firing your weapon. So the aim assist cone will shrink accuracy cone will get bigger. This, of course, leads to more and more missed shots the more that you continuously fire a weapon. The speed of the degradation um, or the, the speed of the, the shrinking of the aim assist cone is governed by the stability stat. So at zero stability, stability is not doing anything. Your aim assist cone is shrinking at maximum speed, uh, getting as small as it can, as fast as it can, you know, as, as determined by the designers. At maximum stability, at 100 stability on your weapon, there's a 53% reduction in the uh, aim assist cone size shrinkage. Uh, so it's it's shrinking at less than half the pace that it otherwise would at zero stability. So stability, very, very useful right there, really helping you to maintain a larger aim assist cone and help keep your shots on target and stuck to those targets if you're playing with controller. Uh, much more effectively. So it's it's really just, just one more reason that stability is very important on, on most weapons. Um, now, the scaling effect is linear. So you can actually just calculate exactly how much difference this is making in your aim assist based on your stability set. If that's something that you care about, if it's something that you want to know, uh, you can just take your stability stat, multiply it by 0.53%, and that'll give you the percentage that your, your weapon's stability is reducing uh, the aim assist degradation speed. So, very cool. All right, um, now 
I like damage. Aim assist does have a fall off point. I already talked about this a little bit, but I just want to hit it again real quick. Um, so aim assist stops being effective at the same point in time when your damage hits its minimum. Uh, and this is true for all primaries. It can vary a little bit on uh, special weapons. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that. I want to say I don't know for sure exactly where it falls on special weapons. In most cases, uh, it's either custom tuned um, or it's a very, very long range. And you'll certainly know on a sniper rifle when you're outside of your aim assist fall off because suddenly it becomes much more difficult to land shots. So a couple of other things to know. Uh, the range stat does not have any effect on the size of an aim assist cone, but it does push out the effective distance of the aim assist cone. Uh, so it allows you to keep the same angle, um, but at a greater distance. The zoom also provides a multiplier effect just as it does on recoil. Um, it multiplicatively reduces recoil and multiplicatively pushes out aim assist fall off and damage fall off. So zoom is, is ve a very powerful thing. Now this is custom tuned on some weapons. There are some exceptions out there. We're not going to get into all of that, but it is in general higher zoom in terms of pushing out your aim assist drop off uh, is, is going to be effective for achieving that goal. That said, your field of vision at high zoom is smaller. So what that means is that it's to some extent scaling the effect of your aim assist so you don't feel the stronger benefit as much from zoom as you might, for example, just from having very high range versus very low range. That said, your, your mileage may vary here. I personally like higher zoom weapons up to the point where it, you know, I, I don't want my field of view to be so constrained that it's hard to, to track what's going on in an encounter. But up to the point where it feels comfortable to play with. I like higher zoom. It's a personal preference. You'll, you'll want to try high zoom and low zoom and see what works for you. All right. So that is essentially it. That's, that's aim assist in a nutshell. We, we did it, Guardians. We made it through aim assist. You guys didn't have any questions. There were no interruptions. I'm so proud. All right. No, seriously, though, if you do have questions about how this stuff works, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, in Discord, on Twitter, I'd love to answer any questions that I can. If you have a question that I don't have the answer to, I know a ton of very smart guardians, um, and I'd be happy to try and get some answers for you. So we'll, we'll do our best to uh, to help you learn about the game if that's something that you're interested in doing. All right, so we've got one topic left to talk about here. One topic, and I'm not going to get into, do I love it? Do I hate it? Should it even be in the game? I'm just going to say, hey, it's in the game. Let's talk a little bit about how it works, and that's airborne effectiveness. Now, I'd like to just dive straight into that, but I'm uh, unfortunately, it, it looks like it, it's time for another word from our sponsors. This episode is supported in part by Telesto Medical the makers of the only FDA-approved fast-acting medication that can clear a functionality outbreak in less than a day. Take comfort in your participation in the shape of things to come with Telesto. Side effects may include sparkling purple explosions, spontaneous loss of self-identity, unexpected and permanent existence loss, death, ascendance of unparalleled glory, and fissures in reality have happened. Do not use if you are allergic to Telesto. There is only one way forward, Guardians, the way of Telesto. I am placing it beneath your feet. Talk to your gunsmith today. Welcome back, Guardians. I hope you I hope you enjoyed that message from our sponsors, such as they apparently are. Let's get back to airborne effectiveness. So airborne effectiveness is a new 
uh, subsystem added to the game this year that is affecting accuracy and aim assist whenever your guardian's feet leave the ground, whether because you jumped or because you happened to trip over a weird piece of geometry or because somebody pushed you off a cliff, whatever the case may be. Once your guardian uh, is, is read by the game as not being on the ground, airborne effectiveness immediately kicks in. And what it does is this. So first, uh, well, not really first, but at the same time, your aim assist cone shrinks massively, just gets much, much smaller. And how much smaller it gets depends on how high your airborne effectiveness stat is. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute here. The other thing that happens at the same time is that your accuracy cone has penalties added to it. These penalties are applied to the base cone angle. So your accuracy gets worse at base. Now keep in mind, of course, that as you continuously fire a weapon, aim assist cones shrink, accuracy cones grow. What this means is that attempting to land more than one shot in the air can be quite difficult. Attempting to land even one shot in the air can be difficult at a low airborne effectiveness stat. Hence why people who liked airborne gunplay are a little unhappy about this system. Uh, now that said, um, there have been some changes made to the system over the course of the year that have made it a little bit less unfriendly than when it first launched. And of course, we are looking forward to hopefully seeing some, some more options coming to the game in Season 19 and perhaps in Lightfall that will make it a little bit easier for us to build into airborne effectiveness. I don't have any insight on that, uh, specifically aside from just you know the hints that have been thrown out that that's something that they want to do, that they're looking at doing, uh, and that we can expect to happen in the future. I remain optimistic, as is my idiom, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to remain optimistic right up until uh, they pull the rug out from under me. So, uh, so that's that. But for now, let's, let's kind of get back to exactly how this works. And I'm going to reference an example for you that was, that was given to me in a previous episode. This was my interview with, uh, with Mercules when he uh, returned to visit us from the hallowed halls of the Bungie design team. And so let's kind of go through this information. All right, so let's take an example. Say we have a hand cannon. It's got 100 range and 100 aim assist, just fully maxed out, the perfect hand cannon. So this hand cannon is going to have an accuracy cone of 0.3 degrees, and it's gonna have an aim assist cone of three degrees. So you can see immediately, of course, we note the aim assist cone is 10 times the size of the accuracy cone. This means that while you're grounded, your shots are extremely forgiving. It's very, very easy to land shots uh, with that weapon. Now, the second that you jump into the air, of course, the aim assist cone just really takes a nosedive, gets, gets much, much smaller. That cone angle is heavily penalized, and for aim assist, that means made much, much smaller. The accuracy cone is also penalized, but the penalty for accuracy cones is are added to them, uh, and so the the accuracy cone gets bigger. Like we said before, aim assist gets smaller. This means your shot is more random. Aim assist helps you less, hence why you miss your shots. Now, when this system was first rolled out, the penalty to aim assist for being in the air was so large that your aim assist cone was effectively bottomed out, like essentially zero, up until you got to around 70 airborne effectiveness stat. Difficult to do for most classes at that time, aside from warlocks. 
they have changed that significantly. The penalty is now much, much smaller. So your aim assist still bottoms out at zero airborne effectiveness. But between 30 and 40, airborne, uh, airborne effectiveness is now high enough that aim assist starts to kick in. So that's a huge, that's a huge difference. It's, uh, it's twice as easy, essentially, to get aim assist back in the air. Most weapons can get above 30 airborne effectiveness. Most primaries, I should say, and, and even a decent number of specials can also get up there. But virtually any primary can get above that with you know minimal effort. Throw an Icarus mod on it. And for the majority of, of newer primary weapons, you're there. Throw on an exotic, and even for the old ones, you're there. So uh, it is certainly doable. Is that something you want to do? Well, that's up to you. I'm going to leave that that judgment call in your capable hands, Guardian. Um, but that is how the system is working right now. Uh, now, we talked about the aim assist penalty. Uh, so the aim assist start, starts coming back at 30 to 40 airborne effectiveness for primary weapons. Uh, it starts coming back for special weapons. Really probably not going to notice it until closer to around 60 airborne effectiveness. You have to get it pretty high on a, on a special to really have any meaningful aim assist going on. Primary weapons, they will max out with full ground aim assist, exactly as if you had never left the ground at 100 airborne effectiveness. That's where the aim assist is fully restored. So if you lean into it that way, you can get that perfect experience firing the weapon just as if you'd never left the ground. Uh, now, accuracy. Let's let's dive into that. What's happening with accuracy and airborne effectiveness? So we talked about the cone getting bigger. This means your shot gets more random, uh, makes it harder to hit even when aim assist is effective. However, these cone penalties shrink as your airborne effectiveness stat gets higher. So looking at our example weapon, we have some concrete numbers provided to us to kind of explain how this works. So 0.3 degrees is the base accuracy cone size for this example hand cannon. So for, for many hand cannons, it's probably going to be around that size, you know, perhaps not quite as accurate with lower range, but we can work with this example. In season 16, prior to airborne effectiveness, the in-air accuracy penalty was 0.67 degrees, which means your cone size for this hand cannon would more than triple when you jumped into the air. It would go from 0.3 to 0.97 degrees. Apply an Icarus mod. Icarus mod was way overpowered in Season 16. It was hugely effective on hand cannons. It was literally the only choice. There was just there was no reason not to run it. It was so good. The Icarus mod would reduce that in-air accuracy penalty from 0.67 to 0.17 degrees. Literally half a degree of difference from that mod. Massive benefit. So that meant that your in-air accuracy cone would go from 0.3 degrees to 0.47 degrees. Essentially half what it is without the Icarus mod. So just very, very valuable. That's why everybody was running it, right? Because it was super strong. So of course. So that's then. This is now. The, the base inner accuracy penalty used to be 0.67 degrees. Now, for primary weapons, the base inner accuracy penalty is 0.3 degrees. That's at zero airborne effectiveness. So assuming you've got zero, you jump into the air, this hand cannon, its accuracy cone size, you know, the, the, the angle doubles. So it goes from 0.3 to 0.6. This is going to be a noticeable 
loss of accuracy. Certainly, the weapon's going to be a lot less accurate. That said, it's still noticeably more accurate than without an Icarus mod. And it's it's definitely noticeably less accurate than with the old Icarus. But it's not as big a difference um, as it could be. Certainly not as big a difference as it used to be. Now, that's again at zero airborne effectiveness. As soon as we start piling some, some stat points into airborne effectiveness, uh, this story changes a bit. So uh, looking at the example numbers that we were given, at 20 airborne effectiveness, the accuracy penalty applied goes from 0.3 degrees to 0.24 degrees. So, you know, it's significantly better. At 40 airborne effectiveness, the accuracy penalty is now only 0.12 degrees, which means if you get to 40 airborne effectiveness, your weapon is now more accurate than it used to be with the old Icarus mod, right? The cone with the older Icarus mod would have been 0.47 degrees. Now it's 0.42. It's a small uh, benefit, but certainly uh, we know that even a small bit of extra accuracy can be useful. At 60 airborne effectiveness, there is no accuracy penalty. The weapon has its standard accuracy on the ground. So the base cone size is 0.3 degrees in our example. And what that means is that at 60 airborne effectiveness with a primary weapon, assuming that you can aim, you can land those shots. Now, I say that with a bit of tongue-in-cheek because, of course, uh, aiming in midair is quite difficult. Uh, getting directly on someone and accounting for the fact that, you know, there's network latency going on and, and all, all sorts of other factors that can make it difficult to predict movement. You know, it, it, aiming is a hard thing to do, and that's why aim assist is so valuable, right? It helps to make up for the fact that we as humans can't account for uh, all, all of these other extraneous factors that are affecting whether or not our shot lands. And that's why, you know, it's, I think, it, you know, can be quite important now to look at aim assist as being something that's very, very valuable if you want to land shots in the air. You want to have a very high aim assist stat and a high airborne effectiveness stat so that you're getting as much as possible just at 60 airborne effectiveness because it's very difficult uh, right now to get higher than that in a, a normal situation aside from you know very specific setups, uh, cough, cough, warlocks. So, um, so that that is sort of the... The long and the short of it right there, right? So I hope that this has been helpful for you, Guardians. I hope that this refresher course on accuracy and aim assist and airborne effectiveness has been useful and that you're able to spread information on how this works to folks far and wide uh, and help reduce the confusion in the community because I think a lot of people get caught up emotionally in saying they you know, they don't like this, they don't like that, this happened or that happened, and, and it's really important to understand how the game really works if you want to provide critical feedback. So that's where we're at. I, I do want to close just with one kind of final note here. I talked a little bit about the differences between mouse and keyboard and controller inputs. And I want to be clear that I'm not attempting to start a flame war or claim that one is better than the other. They are different. They work differently. Um, they have different advantages and, you know, I think people will have their own opinions about which one is better uh, or which one is better on a specific weapon type, which I think is a much more interesting debate to have because certainly they'll have different advantages on different weapon types. Um, but just to revisit what those are, and this is something that is confirmed directly by Bungie, 
Uh, the difference between the two inputs is this. Controllers have reticle friction or, you know, reticle magnetism, if that's easier for you to remember, which slows the reticle when near or on an enemy and causes it to stick to them, follow them when they move or try to follow them a little bit when they move, makes it a little bit easier for controller players to aim. Aiming with a stick on a controller is quite difficult, and so that's why this system exists. Mouse and keyboard does not have reticle friction or reticle magnetism. Uh, however, it does have three scalers um, that affect the stats of your weapons when mouse and keyboard is selected as your input. So it provides approximately plus 20% to your accuracy. That is reducing the size of your accuracy cone, reducing the angle of your accuracy cone, so making your shots go in straighter lines. It has a plus 20% scalar to stability subsystems. So stability encompasses a lot of things. This scalar specifically reduces recoil and aim assist decay. So your aim assist stays stronger longer and your recoil is less intense on mouse and keyboard by a factor of approximately 20%. And then we already mentioned this one before, mouse and keyboard has plus 10 to 20% auto aim the aim assist substat that retargets your accuracy cone. The exact amount varies by weapon type. We do not have uh, exact figures for which weapon types get what. Um, I'd be curious if anyone has any guesses, but those are the differences. Those are inherent to the game. They've been in the game from the beginning. Uh, there have been some modifications to exactly how, how big the scalers are for mouse and keyboard uh, over the years, but for the most part, this is how it's, always been. Uh, this is inherent to the feel of Destiny 2 on these inputs, and I think it's reasonable to assume it will continue to be so. Okay, uh, looking ahead, airborne effectiveness is a hot topic. A lot of people don't like it. I can't really hold it against them. You know, people who are really enjoying aerial play previously, you know, it's tough out there for somebody who likes to be jumpy uh, and, and take shots in the air, uh, and I get it. We can look forward to more perks and mods for airborne effectiveness, probably in season 19. We don't have anything specific announced. I want to be clear on that. Bungie has not announced any specific additions coming in season 19, um, but they have said that that is most likely when we can look forward to new stuff on this front. We've already seen some stuff pulled forward uh, and released earlier than it was originally planned. So... Uh, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to see in the next season. I think probably looking further into the future, we can likely expect to see more perks and mods, um, certainly in Lightfall. But there's been nothing specific announced. I'm just speculating at this point. All right, that is everything that I have. Uh, until next time, Guardians. Celesto.